and I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, saying, Come and see. Thunder Radio with Christian J. Pento. Okay, praise the Lord, you guys, and welcome. I'm Chris Pinto. This is Noise of Thunder Radio. Today on the show, we are going to talk about the situation in Israel. We're also going to talk about the situation right here in the United States of America. Now, we're going to talk about a number of issues. We're going to talk about Israel from a biblical perspective, and then we're going to talk about some of the historic uh, elements, you know, what's behind what is going on right now in the Middle East. But first, what I want to do is play an audio clip. This is from former Ambassador Nikki Haley. Here is what she said when she was being interviewed on NBC News. Listen. And so I think that one prayers for determination and strength for the Israeli people. But what I want the American people to know is what happened when they were dragging those people in the streets? What happened when they were murdering innocent Israelis? The Hamas and the backers who support them, the, the Iranian regime, were, were chanting death to Israel, death to America. And we have to remember that what happened to Israel could happen here in America. And I hope that we all unite and stand with Israel because they really need us right now. Quick follow up there, Ambassador. Does that mean that you are concerned about potential attacks on the home front in the wake of what we saw in Israel? I have been concerned. I have been terribly worried about the fact that Iran has said the easiest way to get into America is through the southern border. We have an open border. People are coming through. They're not being vetted. Okay, so that is a warning from former U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley about the southern border. Now, what's interesting, and uh, we're going to talk more about this as we go along, because there's a, she's not the only one giving that warning, by the way. I just wanted to play some audio from a noted political figure in our system to, to hopefully help our audience understand this is a legitimate concern. Millions of unvetted people coming in through the southern border. We don't know who they are. There have been reports for years that many of those are not just people from Mexico, but people from the Middle East. And the warnings that we have been getting from people who monitor the situation down there is that America in the not too distant future could face a situation not unlike what is happening in Israel right now with this terrible uh, attack, this surprise attack by Hamas. And we'll talk about that on the program. Right now, most everybody is uh, aware of the atrocities, the horrible, evil, wicked crimes that are being committed by these jihadis against civilians, against men, women, children, children especially. Uh, there are those who believe that Hamas is doing this deliberately. They're, they're committing the shocking, horrible, evil crimes because they want the world to be horrified. They want Israelis to be horrified. One of the arguments made 
is that they're doing this because they want the Israelis to be so horrified that they'll just want to pack up and leave the region. They want to get out of there. Um, and then, of course, you're hearing all of these arguments about Israel, quote, ending the occupation. That's whenever, of course, you hear that, that is the Palestinian Muslim argument. That is the argument made by the Islamic world. Of course, our position is, you know, in the West and as Christians who believe our Bibles is that, no, that land, the land in question was called the land of Israel for more than a thousand years before the prophet Muhammad was ever even born. And so it is uh, simply illogical for anyone to think that the land in question is uh, supposedly Palestinian land, if you know the history of that region. But here's, you know, these land disputes go back to ancient times. We read about it in Judges chapter 11, when Jephthah, who was the appointed leader in Israel, is one of the judges of ancient Israel, and the Ammonites come out against them. And Jephthah goes and he says, why are you here? You know, they brought their army to threaten Israel. And Jephthah says, why are you here? They said, well, because you stole our land. It was a land dispute. This is an ancient argument. And it's had not just in the Middle East, it's had in various parts of the world, as we know. But I wanted to uh, very quickly go over the scripture, and at least here in Zechariah chapter 12, which was something that we have talked about in, a, in the past. I remember Dave Hunt, the late Dave Hunt, and one of his videos, one of his documentaries called Israel, Islam, and Armageddon, something that we used to carry back when we could get copies of it. I'm not sure if that's even still available. I'm, I think you can find copies online. But in the Christian community, among those who teach Bible prophecy and, and who believe that certain prophecies are yet future, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Okay, now, one of the debates that's gone on for many years, of course, is how you define Israel. And is the church the Israel of God, or when the Apostle Paul mentions the Israel of God, is that a reference somehow or other to the Jewish people? I tend to agree with our Reformed forefathers uh, and, and the vast majority of Bible scholars and teachers throughout history, that the Israel of God is the church made up of both Jews and Gentiles alike who believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we have it in Ephesians chapter 2 in particular, that God is made of two, the Jews and the Gentiles, one new man, and the Gentiles become 
citizens of the commonwealth of Israel. That is what Ephesians chapter 2 says. Okay. Nevertheless, the nation of Israel, Israel after the flesh, as the Apostle Paul refers to it, has a prophetic destiny that has also been identified for centuries, long before the modern era. And I've talked about this before, how the Puritans foresaw the return of the Jewish people to their ancient homeland, how um, uh, Reformed teachers like John Gill, John Gill, who, as you know, if you've listened to this radio program for any length of time, you know that I am a fan of John Gill, who was writing in the 1700s. And if you read Gill's commentaries on Amos chapter 9, he very clearly believed that there was a future destiny for the Jewish people returning to their ancient homeland. And as the scripture says in Amos chapter 9, God says that when uh, he brings Israel back into the land, that they shall no more depart out from the land which he had given them. And so Gill's commentary, if you go read his commentaries on that, he basically says that there had never been a time before when Israel was restored to the land where they were not then later driven out. And so he believes and he argues that Amos 9 is foretelling of a future event. And of course, we believe he was right because roughly 200 years after he wrote that commentary, uh, you had the restoration of Israel in 1948. Okay. And we believe, I generally believe, I've, I believe for, for many years that the restoration of Israel is a prophetic event, but that's not necessarily the same as, as people arguing that the church is not the Israel of God. That's a separate issue. Uh, it really is. Um, and that's why I say I, I agree that it's a prophetic event, but I think it's very important that we maintain what the Bible says about spiritual Israel and the commonwealth of Israel, which all points towards salvation, the salvation of the Lord. Very, very important. Um, okay, so God says he will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in a siege both against Judah and Jerusalem. Now, when the scripture says Judah, what I started to say, it's one thing to argue about Israel and debate about the name Israel because you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is renamed Israel. And I believe that is a picture of the rebirth of, of becoming a born-again believer in Christ. Uh, that's why Jacob receives his new name, Israel. Okay, I believe all of that is a foreshadowing of the rebirth under the new covenant. But anyway, Judah, however, is a reference to the Jewish people. The reason Jewish people are called Jews is because of the tribe of Judah, that the scripture says the scepter would never depart from Judah. And so eventually, because uh, King David was of the tribe of Judah, Christ is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And so the references to Judah uh, 
are references to the Jewish people in particular. That's why they're called Jews. Um, and notice the, the very specific nature of Zechariah chapter 12, saying when the nations are going to be in a siege, the people in a siege against Judah and against Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem in particular. And what are we seeing? Well, we've seen exactly that from 1948 onward. I mean, within hours of the Declaration of the United Nations acknowledging the new state of Israel, they were attacked by all these different Muslim countries that tried to invade and destroy them. But by the grace of God, by the providence of God, we believe, Israel was able to rout her enemies and defend herself. Uh, you compare that. I've often talked about this. You compare that with what happened with Iraq and Afghanistan. In Iraq, we went over there. We set up a government in Iraq, a democratic-type government, put the, supposedly the nice Muslims in charge of it, and gave them billions and billions of dollars of financial aid, military hardware, all kinds of stuff. Gave them way, way more than we had given to the new government of Israel back in 1948. They had all kinds of advantages in Iraq. And what happened? As soon as the United States pulls out, ISIS comes in and turns the whole place upside down, devastates everything. You see, ultimately, a nation has got to stand on its own. It's got to be able to defend itself. Got to be able to defend its own sovereignty. And that's what happened with Israel. Israel had to defend her own sovereignty, and she did. The Iraqi government, very different situation. Very, very different. Uh, but I believe that Israel has been able to defend itself because of the power of God. God has ordained what is happening. And so verse 3, it says, And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Okay, and then it goes on. Uh Verse 5, I want to read just a few different verses here. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheaf. And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. I believe we are seeing, I don't, I don't necessarily think that these prophecies are fulfilled on a certain day at a certain hour, per se. I believe there is kind of an ongoing fulfillment that we see with them. But the fact that it makes mention of the governors of Judah as opposed to the king of Judah. Whereas in the Old Testament, uh, Judah and you know, Judah in the south, Israel in the north, they had monarchs, they had kings. 
But now here in Zechariah, they're governors. It seems to suggest, and others have pointed this out, it seems to suggest a more democratic form of government. Now, it's not making reference to a monarchy, but uh, the governors of Judah, like a torch, and they devour all the people. The sense of it is they devour their enemies round about. And that is exactly what the government of Israel has been able to do. They have been able to subdue their enemies consistently from 1948 onward. And that's what we're watching happen now as they retaliate for this situation with Hamas, where Hamas is just committing probably the, 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 the worst atrocities that we've seen since the Holocaust. I'm trying to think, well, uh, you might say what went on in Bosnia, but that would take us down a different path to talk about what the jihadis did there to the Serbian Christians, which was very, very bad. Uh, and the reports of what happened, very similar to what's happening here in Israel. The difference now, of course, is because people have cell phones and they have cameras and they can record video and audio and so on and upload it to the Internet. It's hard for anybody to completely hide what's going on or to lie about it. I think the media would probably try to get away with a lot more deception on this because I think the media is generally Marxist in its orientation here in the West, unfortunately. Not all of it, but the mainstream media, most of it is Marxist. And the red-green axis is the alliance between the Marxists and the Muslims. And so they use the media to cover for the atrocities and the crimes committed by the jihadis out there and to give a false impression that either Islam is some kind of peaceful religion or that they're victims and this kind of thing. Um, and, well, we're coming up on a break here. What we're going to do is we're going to go to a break here, and then I'm going to talk to you about certain subject matter that is also going to be included in this new documentary that we are finishing right now. Yes, we are still finishing the editing. We are pressing through. We are trying to uh, get this thing done before the end of October. Um, we ask for your prayers. But part of what we talk about is what happened back during World War II with the Vatican, the Jesuits, with Hitler, and with the Nazi relationship with Islam during the war. And then from there, you go from World War II and the smuggling of Nazi war criminals out of Europe into places like South America, but then with Operation Paperclip, some of them were brought here into the United States of America. And then systematically, the Democratic Party in particular has one step at a time adopted virtually all of the political doctrines that the Nazis upheld back in the 1930s and 40s. And part of that is the promotion of Islam as something positive. Remember, Hitler had a very, very close relationship with your Palestinian Muslim movement in particular because they especially 
wanted to eradicate the Jews out of the Middle East. They wanted to drive them out, just like Hitler wanted to drive them out of Germany. So that's what they had in common. To this day, your Palestinian Muslims celebrate Hitler, his book Mein Kampf, uh, the Palestinian police use the Heil Hitler salute, etc. The evidence is overwhelming. And this is why somebody like Rashida Tlaib is supporting Palestine because she is a Palestinian Muslim. All right, but we're going to go to a commercial break and we're going to talk about all of this and how it is that here in America, how could we're seeing in our country, shockingly, in the schools, the universities, in different parts of the country, up in Michigan now, Dearborn, Michigan, and Hamtramck, where they have had an all-Muslim city council, they're all supporting the Islamic interest. In spite of these atrocities, they're supporting the Islamic interest against the state of Israel. We're going to talk about that when we come back right after this. Adullam Films presents a stunning new documentary, The True Christian History of America, exploring the Bible-based Christian origins of the early American view of freedom, tracing the principles of liberty back to England and the Great Reformation. For many years, our schools have taught that the founding of our Republic was from the Deists or the Enlightenment in France. But is that truly the case? Did the Enlightenment first declare no taxation without representation or trial by jury? Were they the champions of freedom of speech or of the press or the right to bear arms? And why did Samuel Adams declare that the reign of political Protestantism would commence just before signing the Declaration of Independence? Filmed on location in both the United States and Europe, the True Christian History of America is now available at adullamfilms.com. That's adullamfilms.com. Now available at noiseofthunderradio.com. That's noiseofthunderradio.com. Adullam Films presents an exciting new documentary, Bridge to Babylon, part three in an award-winning series on the untold history of the Bible. Dr. Jack Moorman calls it a masterful presentation of what is the single most important issue facing Christians today, the defense of the Bible as the Word of God. Why was the Bible changed in 1881? Why have so many churches abandoned biblical inerrancy? And what direction are scholars taking the scriptures today? Learn the truth in Bridge to Babylon, the sequel to A Lamp in the Dark and Tares Among the Wheat. Bridge to Babylon is now available at noiseofthunderradio.com. That's noiseofthunderradio.com. Noise of Thunder Radio. Okay, we are back. Praise the Lord, you guys. I'm Chris Pinto. This is Noise of Thunder Radio. Today on the show, we are talking about the situation in Israel and in America. We're going to 
um, go over some of the information, some of the data. It's just so interesting. Uh, a week ago, uh, I interviewed uh, Doug Thornton, Doug Thornton, who's a former federal police officer, worked down on the Mexican border uh, for years. And uh, part of what he talked to me about in our interview, we did a, uh, a videotaped interview where I was interviewing him. And we're going to use some of these clips in the new documentary when we talk about illegal immigration and the Jesuit role and the role of Rome in the mass illegal immigration that's going on. Because something that they've talked about, the guys who are part of border security, uh, the thing that they've talked about for years is it has been reported that Middle Eastern men who are Muslims, Arabic-speaking Muslims, have come into our country through the southern border for years, by the thousands. Who knows how many of them have gotten in? And it's generally thought that they are planning some operation here in the United States at some point. Okay. Uh, I did want to mention, I want to mention this just to make anybody aware of it who hasn't heard how Hamas is calling for a global day of jihad on Friday the 13th, which is tomorrow. Today is Thursday the 12th. We're recording the show. They're planning a global day of jihad on Friday the 13th. So, and who knows what will become of that, whether that's just smoke and mirrors, whether that's an empty threat, who knows. But at this point, how can anybody not take the jihadi seriously, especially when we're seeing uh, here in our own country, in different places, we're seeing uh, people who are showing their support for Palestine. Black Lives Matter uh, posted their one of their posters, one of their new posters, where they're saying that they stand with Palestine and they're showing on their poster a jihadi para, with a parachute parachuting in to the first attack zone where they attacked a bunch of people who were attending a, an outdoor concert, uh, just a bunch of civilians, and just started shooting and began their terror attack. But they parachuted in and, uh, and landed with these AK-47s and so on. So Black Lives Matter is now openly supporting not just the Palestinian movement, but they're supporting these evil, wicked terror attacks on the state of Israel and the Jewish people and, and on civilians. And uh, they've been trying to justify it through various means. Now, here's another story that I think is very interesting. And I've been really amazed at the naive nature of certain conservatives who, who somehow or other thought that President Trump's negotiations and conversations with Saudi Arabia were going to amount to something useful, uh, you know, and, and that Israel was in peace talks with Saudi Arabia. Hasn't anybody learned a lesson from the past, from the Oslo Accords with Yasser Arafat? What a complete waste of time and really a deception, a deception. And I believe this talk of uh, peace talks with Saudi Arabia and Israel was a deception. 
we have to look at the history, and this is something that Dave Hunt went over in his research, how uh, that Muhammad was known. When, when Yasser Arafat signed the Oslo Accords back many years ago, and he went back and he told his people that he did not consider the peace treaty with Israel to be any different than the peace treaty that was signed by the Prophet Muhammad with the Quraysh tribe. Now, if you study that whole episode, Muhammad went, made a peace treaty with the Quraysh tribe. It was like a 10-year treaty. And then two years into the treaty, he violated the treaty. He used the treaty long enough to gain the trust of the tribe. And then he had his men rise up. They killed all the men, took the women and children captive. So the treaty was a deliberate deception engineered by the Prophet Muhammad. It may be that all of these peace talks with Saudi Arabia, that the only reason Saudi Arabia agreed to it was to create a distraction for Israel and other security agencies in that region so that they would lower their guard long enough for Hamas to carry out this attack. Well, now, why do I say that? Well, I say that because here's a story on Breitbart. Saudi Arabia announces joint military exercises with China. That, folks, is the red-green axis in action. China, communist China, red, uh, Saudi Arabia, green. In fact, if you go look at the article, they've literally got flags, the flag of China and the flag of Saudi Arabia, and one flag red, one flag green the red-green axis. You read the article, and they're doing something called Operation Blue Sword, which is where the Saudis and the Chinese are training together in military operations. Now, people have been predicting that China wants to invade America, like militarily invade America. We have to remember, despite... The attempts by the Trump administration to try and make peace with Saudi Arabia or whatever, or by any administration with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the birthplace of Islam. There's no way around it. They are diametrically opposed to our entire way of life. Remember, the, the majority of the hijackers on 9-11 were from Saudi Arabia. So, no, Saudi Arabia is not an ally of the United States, despite all the propaganda and brainwashing from the media, both conservative and liberal media. There is brainwashing. You read this article, and it says it's talking about this joint operation with China and Saudi Arabia, and then it says at one point, quote, needless to say, with the Hamas attacks, the U.S. attempts to broker peace between Saudi Arabia and Israel are believed to have fallen flat. So the talks with Israel have been suspended. They've fallen flat. And why is that? Why have they fallen flat? Why aren't they going to resume them? I think that's a legitimate question. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Personally, I believe this was a deception right from the beginning. Also, it's being reported now, Breitbart has another story, that Hamas began 
planning the attack on Israel two years ago after Afghanistan. That, quote, Hamas began planning Saturday's terrorist attacks across Israel two years ago, according to an interview Sunday by a senior Hamas official. And that this was after the disastrous, deadly U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. So a Hamas official now has said, and they've apparently discovered some manual, like a uh, the Hamas attack manual discovered plan for raid hostages since 2022. So they have a manual for what they were planning to do. They had an outline for it. So the Hamas official has said, quote, we have been preparing for this for two years. We have local factories for everything. We have rockets with ranges of 250 kilometers, 160, 80, 45, and 10, he said in an October 8th, 2023 Russia Today interview. So they admit that they have been preparing for this for two years. How were they preparing for this for two years? And nobody figured it out when they have factories where they were preparing missiles. That's what they said. We have factories for mortars and their shells. We have factories for manufacturing B-7 and B-10 guns and their shells. Needless to say, you've also got people arguing about how Biden sent $148 million to Palestinian areas weeks before the attack on Israel. There's also the stories about the Biden administration giving billions of dollars to Iran and that Iran is very involved with this. Folks, this is, this is what happened with World War I and World War II. You had all of these countries that because of their alliances, these entangling alliances, this country had to defend that country, had to defend this country, et cetera, et cetera. And because of these countries are in these alliances together, they ended up all going to war eventually. And that's what World War I was about. It's what World War II was about. And so this is why we've got so many people who are warning that these events between what's happening in the Ukraine with Russia and now what's happened with this attack on Israel, this may very well all spiral into World War III. Of course, we remind our audience that the Pope has already announced that World War III began with the war between Russia and Ukraine. That was the beginning of World War III, according to the Pope. And remember, the Pope doesn't lightly make statements. The Pope, in order to make a statement like that, that would have to go through the Jesuit order. And the Jesuits have, according to our own CIA, the most advanced and sophisticated intelligence network in the world. And we're going to show you in the new film, American Jesuits, how it was the black pope, Volodymyr Ledachowski. And he was Polish. Really, Volodymyr is the Polish equivalent of Vladimir, Vladimir Ledachowski. 
he was the Jesuit general, and he was said to be, by multiple sources, the chief architect of all these alliances that led to World War II. Chiefly, not, not the only one, but he, he played a key role. But we document it for you in the film. And that whole segment, when you see how the Jesuits had been planning the persecution of the Jewish people since at least 1890. We're going to show you that in the film. That Hitler's rhetoric was already being written down by the Jesuit order, published by them when Adolf Hitler himself was a year old. No, Hitler's philosophy about the Jews, etc., did not come from Hitler. But we're going to show you where it did come from. Uh, and so bear this in mind. Remember, Georgetown University, the Jesuit headquarters in the United States, just built a mosque this year. They, they, they revealed the mosque, the Islamic mosque that they were building, where they have their program called the Bridge Initiative. The Bridge Initiative, which is all about brainwashing their students, getting them to believe that the great danger to Western civilization is Islamophobia. Oh, no, it's, it's not Muslims, uh, jihadis attacking people and killing them, like what we're seeing with Hamas right now. No, that's not the danger. The danger is if you're concerned about it, you have Islamophobia. Georgetown University, where they have a Muslim professor, Jonathan Brown, who openly teaches that slavery and rape are acceptable because they were practiced by the Prophet Muhammad. If you haven't heard, I've, I've done radio shows on this. I did one not long ago. Uh, if you don't know that what I'm saying is true, go and look it up. Now ask yourself a question. Remember, at Georgetown, at the School of Foreign Service there, the Edmund Wall School of Foreign Service, named for the Jesuit priest Edmund A. Walsh. At the School of Foreign Service, that is where they train the spies for the CIA. So if Georgetown, that effectively controls the deep state, if they're pandering to the Muslims, if they built a mosque there, if they have the audacity to have some guy there teaching that slavery and rape are acceptable, and then, you, then you, you factor in that Joe Biden is a Jesuit and he goes to a Jesuit church there in Washington, D.C. There's no question that he's going to be entangled with the Jesuits of Georgetown. And he just coincidentally gives billions and billions of dollars to Iran. He just coincidentally sends $148 million to Palestinian areas weeks before the attack on Israel. All right, here's another story from Front Page Mag. It says, German Nazism's successor, Islamic Nazism. Islamic Nazism. And then they've got a whole article on this, which I think is worth reading. But the, the title of the article is very, very telling and I think very appropriate, especially when you consider the relationship between Adolf Hitler the Nazis and Islam, and that Hitler had tens of thousands of uh, Islamic soldiers 
in his German army. And we've talked about this before. We have an audio CD on it called Hitler's Jihad, uh, the socialist plan for Islam to invade the West. That relationship, which really goes back to World War I, where you had socialists in Germany working with the Muslims. There was an alliance between Germany and the Ottoman Empire. Then you go to World War II. Hitler's working with the Grand Mufti, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem. The links between the Nazis and Palestinian Islam is there's just no question about it. No question about it, folks. And we're seeing the, 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 the dark, evil fruition of all of this. And at this point, while five or ten years ago, you could have talked about these things and, and people would just thought, oh, well, that's an interesting theory that you have about this, that, and the other. I mean, the dark reality of it is what we're seeing in Israel. And when we've got people warning that what is happening in Israel right now, people like Nikki Haley, who said she believes that what is happening in Israel right now could very well happen in the United States of America. Why? Because of the situation on our southern border where they've let millions of people in, people who are unvetted, they don't know who these people are. Many of them are said to come from the Middle East. Let me play just a short audio clip. This is from uh, Fox News where journalist Maria Bartiromo is interviewing Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a Republican, conservative, pretty well known. Uh, let's listen. I just want you to listen to this brief clip. Here it is. You're on the Homeland Security Committee. What is the impact to the homeland, to America, as we watch this horrific story unfolding in Israel this morning? This should be a wake up call to every single American, Maria, if they have not been woken up already. Uh, what happened to Israel could happen to America because our country has been invaded by millions of people from over 160 countries. And we've been invaded uh, by people we don't even know where there are. There are so many gotaways. The Biden administration cannot keep up with them. And they're all over the streets, all over the entire country. And so what we're seeing in Israel um, could happen to the United States of America. Uh, and it'd be foolish to ever think that that's not possible. Okay, so I wanted you to hear that from Marjorie Taylor Greene rather than from just me, uh, lest anybody should say that, that you know, we're fear-mongering or we're just trying to sensationalize something. No, this is a very real danger. I have heard for years, I've heard easily for 10, 20 years from pastors, ministers, teachers who fly over to Israel often multiple times a year that when they go to Israel, they feel perfectly safe. They don't, they're not concerned about anything. Why? Because the Israeli government is very, very efficient. They maintain a high level of security and they make the land of Israel available to tourists, peace-loving people from all over the world, travel there and go to the historic sites and have done so for many years without any issue. What's happening right now is unusual. It is a very, very unusual level of atrocity that is happening against the Jewish people. Now, they've, they've suffered atrocities in the past, as we know, not just the Holocaust. You go back to attacks 
that they suffered at the hands of Muslims back in the 19th century. And there were similar events that happened back then. Uh, so this is not necessarily new for the Jewish people in general, but since they have had their own nation state, they, they've been able to defend themselves and their fellow citizens very, very well. Uh, so this is an unusual event. But what Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying, I think we as Americans have to take seriously. Now, one thing that has troubled me about the situation in Israel is stories where these jihadis show up because they're just going into ordinary neighborhoods. They stormed into houses where people were. And of course, there's one interview where there is a woman who her younger sister was attacked by the jihadis and she was apparently communicating with her and by, by cell phone as they were approaching and as the attacks were increasing. And they were saying words to the effect of, you know, where are the police? Where, where is the army? They, they should be here. They'll be here hopefully any minute. They'll be there any minute, etc. Waiting for security forces to show up and protect them. But unfortunately, they did not show up in many cases in time. And this, this is why we have this mentality in America and in the United States that until some kind of government agent arrives to help you, if they arrive, we saw with the Black Lives Matter riots here that when Black Lives Matter mobs overwhelmed certain areas, people were calling the police asking for help and the police were saying, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Nothing they can do. This is a, a, a huge reason why we believe in the Second Amendment in our country, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Now, something I didn't know, I thought Israelis for some reason had the right to bear arms. Apparently they don't, at least not in the way that we do. They are not allowed to keep rifles as ordinary citizens. I think that only applies when you see pictures over in Israel, as I've seen for years, where sometimes you'll see young girls who are in their late teens, early 20s with uh, an AR-15 or some kind of battle rifle over their shoulder. That's because they're in the IDF. They're in the Israeli military at that time. They do not allow ordinary civilians to do that. So they only allow ordinary civilians to have a handgun, a pistol. That's it. And I've seen at least two stories so far where the jihadis came in, they were attacking the Jewish people there, and they tried to defend themselves with a pistol. Typically, the man of the house stands up with a pistol. But it wasn't sufficient, because if you've got a pistol and they've got AK-47s, it's just not going to... You're going to be outmatched. You're going to be outgunned. Because somebody with a rifle can can typically shoot at 20, 30, 50, 100 yards uh, and, and still be relatively accurate. Meanwhile, if you have a pistol, most people with pistols are not accurate past five yards. In a, in a warfare type situation, you definitely want to have a rifle of some kind. 
you definitely want that. If you're an American, I would I would highly recommend, strongly urge all American, especially the men, but the women also, uh, urge you if you are not armed, if you if you do not already own some type of rifle uh, and know how to use it, because that's the thing. We have a quote that we use in one of our presentations. I think I think we present it in True Christian History of America. We show how the Minuteman mentality goes all the way back to Alfred the Great in England and was carried for centuries in England into America, from England into America, by the Puritans and the Pilgrims. That's where it comes from. But it had to do with the heathen armies, the Danish Vikings, invading Anglo-Saxon territories and taking them over. And that's why Alfred required that all the people be armed. Well, that's where the Minuteman mentality came from here in our country that you've got to be ready to go at a minute's notice, that you've, you've got to be, I mean, you should, as an American man and as a Christian man, yes, you should be armed and ready to defend your household and your country at a moment's notice. Because who knows in these uncertain times what could happen? I mean, really, you should be ready, always ready. Okay, and uh, we've talked about on this program before the book of Nehemiah, how when the men of Israel were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, they were being threatened by their enemies. And so what happened? They, they all took arms. They took their swords. With one hand, they held their swords. The other hand, they labored. And when their enemies saw that they were standing ready, they chose not to attack. That's typically what happens. That's typically what happens is an enemy will stand down. They will refrain if they know that their target is armed and ready. And unfortunately, in our country, though, as we saw with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they primarily targeted the liberal parts of the country, the liberal cities and towns and things like that, where they knew that the Democrat politicians would help them get away with their crimes. Well, look at what's happening right now with these Democrats, where you've got Rashida Tlaib flying the flag of Palestine outside her office in support of these horrific attacks against Israel. When we have people like that in our political system, how would they respond? Would they respond in defense of the American people? You've got in... Uh, we did a story on the situation in Hamtramck, Michigan. Where is that story? Here we go. This is on jihadwatch.org. Muslim mayors of Dearborn and Hamtramck, Michigan, says there can be no peace with Israel. So Hamtramck, Michigan, that is where and, and we, this story happened a couple of years ago where they had for the first time in history, this used to be a Polish Catholic community now overwhelmed by all these Muslims. And they, they had they, for the first time in their history, an all Muslim city council and the news media celebrated it. They said, Oh, at last diversity. Now we have all Muslims in charge of the city council. 
That's called diversity. The Muslims take over. It wasn't because there was a Muslim, a Catholic, a Jew, and a Christian or something. No, all Muslims take over. That's diversity. I mean, it's just unbelievable, the, the blindness and the propaganda. But now look at what's happening. Now you have these Muslim leaders in the United States of America. They have been given control of offices of government, which personally I do not believe. If you study our original constitution, the Constitution of the United States does not really allow Muslims who do not agree with the principles of the Constitution, does not allow people who want Sharia law and this kind of thing to run for office in our country. That's all based upon false interpretations of the Constitution that emerged after World War II. And if you study the laws in virtually all the states Back in the 1800s, for the first hundred years after the American Revolution, you had to be a Christian. You had to believe the Bible is the word of God or you could not run for office. They changed that after World War II. Okay, now it's supposedly a free for all. Anybody of any belief system can run for office and get elected here in the United States. And this, if we allow this as a country to continue it is going to sooner or later, sooner or later, it's going to arrive at a catastrophic result because we're basically allowing people who want to overthrow our country to gain political power. And wherever they are, whatever city they're in, if they control a city like Hamtramck, they're going to use that as a base of operations for their ambitions, whatever they are. And there's no question that the Muslims have openly said they want to turn all America Muslim. They want this country to become an Islamic country. That is their ambition, and they've made no bones about it. So we, the people of the United States of America, we have been warned. We have to remember what is the first commandment. God says, I am the Lord thy God, ye shall have no other gods before me. The Islamic God, the God of Islam, is a foreign God. And the followers of this Islamic God should not be permitted to obtain political power in the United States of America. Friend, if you as a Christian go to Saudi Arabia or most any Islamic-dominated country in the world, they're not going to let you run for office. They're not going to let you get control of their towns and their cities. They're not going to let you control their politics. It's not going to happen. Same thing if you go to a communist country. It's not going to happen. So this is a Marxist deception that has been manipulated since the end of World War II. I hope and pray that we will somehow or other as a nation find a way to overturn and to nullify these corrupt, false interpretations of constitutional law so that we can restore the Christian standard as the national standard for the United States of America. The Lord knows what the future holds, but I believe inasmuch as Jesus tells us to occupy until he returns, we ought to be taking a stand for the law of God and the righteousness of God, which includes the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's no doubt. Remember, obedience to the gospel is what's commanded in the New Testament. 
The Apostle Paul said, God commands, he now commands that all men everywhere repent because he's appointed a day in which he will judge the world by that man whom he has ordained and has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. All right, brethren, that is going to do it for us today. That is our show. We'll stop it there, but we will be back next time as the Lord leads us. Until then, God bless you guys. I'm Chris Pinto, and you've been listening to Noise of Thunder Radio. Noise of Thunder Radio.